with me this morning and turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28. Beginning with verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher of Jesus. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. I bet they did. And they became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just like he said. Come see the place where the Lord did lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there shall you see him. Lo, I've told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. While they were going, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And they that were assembled with the elders had taken counsel and gave large sums of money unto the soldiers, saying, Tell this lie. Tell the people that his disciples came by night and stole Jesus away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And there they saw him. I want you to focus on verse 17. And they worshipped him. But some doubted. I wrestled this week with this morning. Resurrection Sundays are usually hard for me, believe it or not. And I'm just laying all my cards on the table. Because I know that I'll have people here today that... I don't know. I'll have people that this may be the only time I, I get to talk to them. And I believe the Lord gave me a word for who would be here today, both believer and unbeliever. Uh, those that are on fire for the Lord and those that are cold and, and distant. That phrase, it said some. We, we've seen the Lord, but some of us are miles away. We've seen him, but some of us are, as I said, indifferent or calloused or back again in the, in the yoke of bondage. We don't need another experience. You see that all over the internet. Come to our church experience. We need an encounter with God. We need to examine ourselves by the scripture in the light of his countenance accurately and honestly. We don't need another sermon. We need the Savior. Him first. Him only. Him personally. I don't care if I get one like on Facebook today. I know and have financed into my emotions that there will be people that leave today 
and say, you know what, that's why I don't go there because he just, you know, he just goes right at it and goes right at you. For that one that comes home, you can talk about me at lunch. <laughs> for, for that one that's uh, wondering and finds their way back home. So I, I just want you to pray for me as I pray for myself that I would clearly and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit speak to you on the subject, some of us. Some of us. Father, you know what's at stake here. What little I can perceive, my spirit was so troubled that sleep was far from my eyes because I know uh, that people are in the balance today. But would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that which Pastor Charles referred to, just quicken them, bring them back to themselves, back to you, sober us in a moment to awaken us from that which has taken years to do to us. Let grace flow like a river today, Lord. Because if we'll judge ourselves, we won't be judged. But if you judge us, then what hope is there after that, O oh Lord? Help us to see ourselves this morning as you see us. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And remind us that grace can cover all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. Some of us. Some of us worship the Lord. Now listen, listen. Worship is not a song that you sing. It's a life that you live. They didn't just break into song. Their body, their countenance, their expression. See, you're not getting anything over on the Lord. And it says that some of them worshipped him. For us, it would be we live for him. We worship him with our time, our resources, our gifts, our abilities, our opportunities, our years, our service, our faithfulness. We worship him willingly and with joy. If you see him, then you ought to worship the Lord. There are many people that are deceived today and are going to be embarrassed tomorrow because they believe themselves to be worshipers and all they really have is the water that splashes up from other people's overflowing cup around them. When somebody says, I worship you, Lord, those eyes that are like flame of fire, they know, if, he knows if they do or don't. You know if you do or don't. Others know if you do or don't. And, and we worship him in spirit. See, the Bible says in John 4, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We must, we who are believers, and I know there are many of you that you, you worship the Lord but we've, we've taught ourselves, and it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing the, the, the temperature of the church today in thinking that a concert, watching somebody else sing, is worship. That word worship 
God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him. Means like a dog would lick its master's hand. That's the original Greek meaning. Those that worship him like a dog licks its master's hand must worship him like a dog licks its master's hand. There's a complete submission to awareness of and living for the pleasure of another one or another person. That's why I'm a dog person, not a cat person. Dog person. Your cat can take you, leave you. I know you don't think it can. And they just get just a little glimpse of affection. Oh, I love kitty kitty. I love poopy. I love poopy. But a dog waits for you to pick up the tennis ball, pick up the stick. You can say words and then, I was waiting on you. I was waiting on you. I know you may think that's silly. But the closer I get to the Lord, my life looks like I was waiting on you. I got up this morning to to meet with you. I was waiting for you to look my way, to say something to me out of your word, to speak to me in prayer. God, I worship you. I'm just not, I don't just like you. I want to, I want to serve you with my youth. Started preaching Christ Chapel. I was blackheaded. Now I'm white-headed. I told him last, a couple weeks ago, Elisha told him at school, he goes, my daddy's not old, it's like having a dad and a granddad at the same time. <laughs> Thank you, son. But if I worship him, I got to do it with my years. I got to do it with my tears. I have to use my resources. I have to use my time. I have to use my talents. I have to use my ability. And some of you have done that. You are worshipers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's coming for you. He's gone to prepare a place for you. And he's going to come again and receive you unto himself. And every cup of cold water you've poured in his name, you're going to get a reward for it. Every small thing, every medium-sized thing, every large thing. We worship him. And he knows if you're a worshiper or not. Singing a song, listen, you can sing with Aretha, but you're not singing like Aretha. In the car, I can prove it. Turn her down, and there you have it. I can't gauge myself by what we sound like. I gauge myself by what I sound like. Are you a worshiper? The fawning of a dog over his master's hand. I just want to be next to you and close to you. Do you serve the Lord sincerely, passionately, unashamedly, intentionally, reflexively, vocally. There aren't levels of worship. All in. Yes, we grow in maturity, but worship is not progressive in the sense of the person that just met the Lord can lavish their life on him just like the person that's Uh, served him for years and years. Would people say of you 
that you are rich towards God. Extravagant. When the woman broke the alabaster vase, uh, all the disciples, all the self-righteous people, we should have took that money and fed the poor. Jesus said, leave her alone. She did this for me. They said, what meaneth this waste? Don't take your cues from carnal and dead people on how much you should waste on the Lord. Some of us worship the Lord and he knows it. He knows it. He knows that when hell storms in and kicks your door in, that your hands are going to go up and you're going to thank the Lord for the seasons of peace before. He knows. He knows you. Believer, be encouraged. It's going to be an easy transition from here to there because you're a worshiper. Number two, some of us worship the Lord with our soul, not our spirit, our soul. We worship Him carnally. We worship Him just with our natural senses, sight, smell, feeling. Uh, it's based on, it's feelings based, not revelation based. The, the true worshiper worships, worships God from his spirit man. That which feels the Lord, sees the Lord, hears the Lord, knows the Lord. But there are people, they call themselves worshipers, but it's not acceptable worship. It's carnal worship. They worship him with impure motives. We teach that all through this prosperity gospel mess that's sent even overseas to people that don't even have anything. And it's the promise of a better tomorrow. Listen, God does bless his children. God is the source, our fountainhead for all the blessings in our life. But we don't worship him for anything. We worship him because of who he is to us. And don't get those mixed up. But some, you know, give a hundred, get a thousand, like a slot machine. Well, if I go to church, then God has to do this. Ain't no conditions on the life of, of a believer. He just says, I'm yours. I'm yours. You bought me. You paid for me. You ransomed me, not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of your son, you purchased me. You don't owe me nothing in this deal. I don't worship you for what I can get out of you. I worship you because of what you did for me. Some worship him when it's convenient and we feel like it. I am not trying to make an appeal for this church. But how can we love the Lord and not love his people? Now, you ain't got to go to our church. But you, you have to have a local body of believers where you serve. Well, I just, wherever believers are, I love them. Well, I do too. But a place where I can give my life. If, if, see, this side of heaven, you're the closest I can get to the Lord. His daughters, his sons. 
And part of the way that we worship the Lord is we take care of and honor and bless and affirm and pray for and exhort and lift up and support and teach and train His children. Many of us, it's not convenient to spend our lives on the Lord or invest our lives in the Lord when we could spend it on ourselves. It's, it's rarely convenient to worship Him or to be an active, faithful part of a local body. Some of us decide, let's just use Sunday mornings. It can be any time. Our worship is dependent upon how we feel. Well, I got bad news for you. The older you get, that ain't going to be often. <laughs> how many of y'all over 50, 55? It only gets worse. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Brother John, you need to be positive. I'm more, I, it's positive is going to get worse. <laughs> There's something about the feeble hand being lifted. See, I used to hop and dance all over the stage and swing my arms and my body won't let me do that anymore. My knees won't let me do that. But he knows. I look at some of y'all, I say, oh, if I was young like you, I'd embarrass you. All standing like a statue and stoic. And who's your praise reserved for? Oh, just a thought. I better get off of it. Some of you <laughs> lost your joy right now. When we feel like it. No, I'm not a daddy when I feel like it. I'm not a husband when I feel like it. I'm not an employee when I feel like it. But I'm a worshiper when I feel like it. There's a dead cat on the line somewhere, isn't there? They worship, some of us worship carnally by rote. Whatever somebody else is doing. Can you imagine dating by proxy? I want you to go out. This girl, I think she's really pretty. Uh, Scott, I want you to go out with her, take her out, tell her this, tell her this. And you go, John, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, yeah, just tell me how it went afterwards. And some stand beside people and imitate them and kind of say that they pass that off as an experience. No, worship is not outside in. That's the problem with the church. We've pumped the music so loud into you and hope something reverbs back. No, worship is not outside in, it's inside out. It comes out of us, the recreated soul. Not by rote. Stand, beloved. Sit, beloved. Kneel, beloved. Take out your beads, beloved. Uh, light a candle. Say that, no, no, it's not by rote. It's by the Spirit that quickens us and reminds us, exalt Jesus, make Him preeminent, make His name glorious, come into the tabernacle, come into His house, His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise, bless the Lord in the congregation of the upright, worship Him. Yes, Sunday's part of it, but Sunday is just when we get to do it together. Some worship to blend in. Y'all know who we were. You went to church because you had to go twice a month to play on the softball team. I can't tell you how many churches I visited in my late teens and early 20s at the request of a beautiful girl. Well, John goes here. John goes there. Well, no. 
Well, did you go? Yeah. Did you stand when they say stand? Yeah. Did you sing? Yeah. Was your heart on the Lord? No, no, no. And there are people that come today and you've already planned out. It's okay to have plans, but you're already gone. You come because somebody asked you. It's mama's request or grandmother's request. And I'm not your judge. Listen, you're looking for a guy not qualified to judge. I can't judge you of anything. But we ain't fooling nobody. We're not fooling anybody. And you, you can't just worship the Lord to blend in. Now we can come. I, I went to church for my mom several Resurrection Sundays and several Christmases. But we can't let ourselves be deceived in thinking I'm part, you know, I might have been part of the softball team, but I wasn't part of the family of God. Jesus is not a garnishment that you apply to your meal. He is the meal. He's it. He's the sole purpose for our lives and the seat of our affections. Other carnal worshipers worship him when, his, when they sense his presence. And this is how the devil tricks people. Not only with the presence of God, but with his own supernatural, not divine, sensory uh, overload. Even Saul, King Saul, who was a murderous, idolatrous, pagan man in his last years. When he got around the prophets... He took off his kingly robes and he was in his tunic and he just prophesied and, and worshiped the Lord all night long. Go look it up for yourselves. The Spirit of God was so strong. Listen, he told himself the lie that we tell ourselves. I must be okay. God's Spirit is so pure that dead people can feel it. But that does not a worshiper make. Saul prophesied, but he was not a prophet. Saul felt the Lord, but the Lord wasn't feeling him. I talk to people that I love, pray for, I care for. They're living like hell. And they say, I'm good. I'm, I'm, my, my quiet time's better than it's ever been before. I feel the Lord. I said, it's not the Lord. What do you mean? I said, the devil knows all you need is a feeling. He'll give you a feeling. And let you live in your blindness. How do you know? Because you're not a worshiper. He's not the center of your life. Well, that's just extreme. That's crazy. No, that's the normal Christian life. Some worship only when they need him. We've all done this. When we're hurting. When we're desperate. When we're afraid. Some of us. Some of us worship the Lord in spirit. Some of us worship carnally with impure motives, with mixed um, ingredients. And some of us worship the Lord in vain because you've never been born again. You're religious, but you're not saved. You go to different churches, but you're not saved. Everything that hath breath is commanded to what? But everything that hath breath can't worship the Lord. Only a recreated soul. And for those of you that don't call yourself Christians, if you'll give me just 90 seconds, I'll explain the gospel to you. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And the wages of your sin is death. There's nothing you can do for yourself. As a matter of fact, your spirit 
is dead in your trespasses and sins. There's no... By seeing yourself as a dead man, you say, well, what can I do? Nothing. You just have to hear the message that there's nothing you can do. Agree with God's verdict on your life and from your soul, that part of you I told you that can imitate worship, call out to God and ask for mercy. And God will come and give you life and, and transfer the righteousness of Jesus to your unrighteousness and take care of your sin and impart life to you. And outside of that, I don't care what incantations you do or, or how many times you go to temple or to tabernacle or to church. It's, it's all in vain. He only recognizes those that have the Holy Spirit inside of them, the witness of the Holy Spirit, the earnest of his inheritance to which he gives those who are born again. Brother John, why do you always keep saying you must be born again? Because you must be born again. Some of us worship in vain and we hold the truth of God in unrighteousness. That verse, is, I'm going to be very direct with you this morning. Is that okay? Well, I'm going to be anyway, so just for a few minutes. And we got all our cameras going, so whoever leaves early will put you on blast. Not really, I'm, I'm teasing. To hold the truth of God in unrighteousness, which means I know what the word says. And I will label myself a worshiper and live just like I please anyway. Luke 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things I say? So when you have verses like that, you take the progressive relativistic church now that has erased the laws of God, what is righteous and what is unrighteous, to where all things are permissible, then how does that verse work? Holding the truth in unrighteousness means which I can live immoral and perverse and self-righteous. All of those things. Notice there's no answer for that question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord and don't do the things that I say? Some of us worship in vain because of the contradictions in our life without the fear of the Lord. Because you claim to have a divine grace that you are unwilling to give. Some of your worship is rejected because you have received a grace from God for your sins that you won't give to somebody else for their sins. Oh, I'll die on this mountain. Don't tell me you plan on making heaven where the anthem of eternity is grace and you hold unforgiveness in your heart. The evidence of grace is that I can give what I have. And if I've been forgiven much, I can forgive you. Well, I don't care. The Bible says that uh, so shall my heavenly Father do to you if you do not forgive every man from your heart their trespasses. He locked this man away and released him to torturers and tormentors till he paid the debt. Well, he couldn't pay the debt. That's the point. An unpayable debt. Well, when I worship, I feel like the Lord hears me. Your feeler's not working. The scripture is your guide. The scripture is your guide. He doesn't hear us or we worship in vain because we honor him with our lips, but our heart is far from him. This is what he said. You honor me with your lips, 
but your heart is far from me, which means your life don't match the lyrics on the screen. Listen, you don't owe me nothing. You don't owe Christ Chapel anything. But you owe the Lord a fervent, passionate, consistent expression of gratitude and, and humility of heart that says, take my life, Lord Jesus. You use it for your glory, how you see fit. We worship in vain because we love the world. And the love of the Father is not in you. Verses like this, see, we, we won't preach about this today. We preach about the next level. And you need another blessing. And, and, and God's not done. And all those things which are true. But verses like this arrest us at the, at the clearest point of who we really are. If you love the world, the Bible says the love of the Father is not in you. And if you love the world, you're the enemy of God. How can I be a worshiper on his way to heaven if I'm the enemy of God? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all these are of the world. Come out from among it and be ye separate, says the Lord. See, it's hard, it's difficult to live as a nomadic uh, person without a home in this world. I I'm here, but you ain't got my heart. I go where you go to the restaurant, but I don't have to like the song or I don't have to sit next to the bar. Or I don't have to, you know, these are just personal things. There's that, that tension between this is not my home. My citizenship is in heaven from whence also I look for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to change my vile body. If we look at our calendars and our checkbooks, we can tell who we love and who we're responsible to. My life and my checkbook is filled with my family. But I'm either taking care of them for me or I'm taking care of them for the Lord. You see, everything you do that's responsibilities, you can do as unto the Lord. That makes it worship. What other dignity to as a stay-at-home mom have beside worship? Lord, I'm going to watch these children you wouldn't watch uh, for your glory. <laughs> you know? You know the one that levitates? You know who he is? <laughs> if you love the world, you do not love the Lord. You know why I would preach a message like this when I have, I have the opportunity to all these people and I can really uh, preach one thing, oh, wasn't, wasn't that good? I want you to leave today with a, well, isn't he pure? Isn't God good? Isn't God faithful? Because I know the word with the Holy Spirit can convict us and we can make changes that change generations to follow in our life. Our worship is in vain because our unbridled passions contradict the nature and freedom of his salvation. Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Watch how this conflicts with this carnal, lukewarm, last day church. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, nor those who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, none of them will uh, inherit the kingdom of God. People stand up all the time, all around me. I'm Christian. I'm going to heaven. Yeah, Jesus is coming back. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't judge me. I'm, I'm not judging you. 
I just give you the Bible. So how readest thou? You tell me what it says. It's not that that sin makes me, you less better than me. All of us are sinners. What saves me is not that I don't practice those sins. The evidence of the salvation is that I don't practice those sins. The spirit in us, we're not trying to attain. The spirit will war against you and say, not in God's house. Not in God's house. See, you're, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they, this modern progressive church says you don't have to change. God loves you like you are. Yeah, he loves you like you are. But he loves you too much to leave you like you are. And it said, and such were some of you. I was perverse. I was a drunkard. I was a fornicator. I was a liar. And now I may lie, but I can't be a liar. I have to go back and tell that person, hey, I'm a liar. Some of y'all are looking at me like, what? I, 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 I've done it. I've walked over to people's house. Yes, I'm a liar. Excuse me? They know I'm in ministry. Yeah. You know, the other day when you asked me for those scissors and I told you I thought I gave them to you, I lied. Because how would I know where to go get them if I thought I gave them to you? And they give you that Olin Mills look. They go, okay, all right, and shut the door. And then I leave sensing the Lord's pleasure. John, you were that, but you ain't that no more. You're mine, and I want, it's the dog wanting the master's pleasure over those things. Very quickly, some of us worship in vain because you've lost your first love. You know it. If you can ever remember a time that you loved the Lord more, you're backslid. See, I got one responsibility. For you to be ready to stand before Christ. There's so many intoxicants in this world. There's so many distractions and there's so many of our weaknesses and our frailties. It's hard it's hard to stay in the narrow pathway of being prepared to meet Jesus. It's hard. And that's why there's so few overcomers. If overcoming was easy, there'd be more overcomers. You lost your first love. Well, I'm giving more to Jesus than I ever have before. But do you love him? Do you love him? Some of us think Christianity is like a marriage uh, of their grandparents. Well, if you just stay together, don't kill each other. That's all that really matters. <laughs> I've been married how long? 62. 64! Okay, okay. 64. And there are those marriages where you can still see the sparkle, can't you? You still see it. I don't want to grow old in the Lord. And talk about how long. I want to talk about how near is it till I see you again. And, and ready. And looking. Master what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord God. So why do we substitute everything else for loving the Lord God? Well the greatest thing is to love one another. No. It's to love the Lord God. And then your neighbor. Do you love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength? 
I'm at the part now that's very hard for me because your pastor loves you. Some of you worship him in this church and some of you come sometimes here or to another church and you're not going to make it into heaven. Who do you think you are? I am nobody. I'd love to answer your question. I am the chiefest of all sinners. But listen to this. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and done miracles and many mighty wonderful works? And Jesus said, I don't even know who you are. Depart from me, you that are workers of iniquity. This is the part that kept me troubled so much the other night. I I don't want to get up and in my flesh and say that to people that have come to hear preaching. But it goes with the, the other parts as well. Many, okay, how many of you are lost? Well, when I mean our hoodlum friends, you know, just the friends that are just way out in left field. How many of them call him Lord, Lord? None. Do any of yours? Do any of your friends that you know I mean, they're gone. They're way off, you know, like a golf ball in high grass. Lost, gone. Do any of them say, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name? Not one of mine do. I'm looking around. Does anybody's? Who's he talking about? Church people. Church people. Lord, Lord. He said, I don't know who you are. It's my responsibility today to ask you, which part of us are you? Do you see him and worship him? Do you worship him carnally? Or do you worship him in absolute deception? The Bible says that unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I know Christians believe everybody's going in the rapture. Some don't even believe in the rapture. It says unto them that look for him. Oh, the body of Christ can't be divided. We're divided now. How many got loved ones up in heaven? We're divided now. Christ is at the door. And some of us this morning aren't ready to meet him. Some of us are. But we can all be. If our musician would come, let me read this to you. Are you really ready to stand before the Lord of glory? Are you? Are you? What do you think? Y'all stay with me. This is the most important part to conclude this. Do you think that death will produce within you a God desire and delight that his life didn't provide for you on the earth? Do you think that's the key like the magic talisman when we die Now we're a worshiper. No, no, no. You're going to be a glorified whatever you were here. Death is not magical. His resurrection life is the power. It's what changes us here. Do you think that when you die or when Christ comes for his church that in that moment 
You're going to magically become that which you had no desire to be here below? Magically going from carnal desires to spiritual desires? Going from temporally minded to eternally minded? From having no real joy in the fellowship of the believers to being one with them in Christ for eternity? Magically having little to no interest in the person, presence, or things of God to then being altogether consumed with Him? No, death is not the missing ingredient to great change, but the gateway of those who have already passed from death unto life, who have already passed from self-centeredness to God-centeredness, and have already lost their life in this world, having reserved their life in the one to come. It is in this moment that I just want you to examine yourselves by the light of Scripture, making no excuses or allowances. In conviction, we need not just rend our garments, but our hearts. Where we beat our chest and ask God to be merciful to us as sinners. Where we repent and turn away from and grieve over our sins, indifference and lukewarmness. Where we break ties with this world and like Moses, choose to suffer affliction and persecution with the people of God that enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It's here where we make our calling and election sure, working out our salvation in fear and in trembling. That thing that you keep from God will keep you from God. You don't need, listen, you don't need me to get up and tell you how great you are or how bad you are. You need me to preach the word to you and then let you examine yourself in the light of that. Are you ready to stand before the king? If you're a worshiper, you are. When you see him, what would happen if the men in this room went from kind of warm to on fire for the Lord? That changes mama, that changes in-laws, that changes children. It brings glory to Christ. You think he's, when he comes, you think he's going to check my credentials and see how many I ran on Resurrection Sunday? Now, John Wood, do you love me? Do you, are, are you, Lord, I'm a worshiper. I, I've been waiting on this glorified body. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to give you my best. I know churches don't do this anymore. I understand that. But when I grew up, we had uh, altar times. And this, there's no power in it except in you. It's the assault to your pride and says, I don't care what anybody thinks in this house today but Jesus. And I'm not right. That's all, that's all y'all need to know is, Lord, I come. I come to you today. And I, the Bible says if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And whoever comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Lord, I want to go from some of us, some, to some, to the worshiper. With every eye open, with the Holy Spirit convicting. If you need to recommit your life to the Lord and repent if that's you
I want you just to come and kneel here for just a moment and then I want to pray over you. So I'm taking that out of this crowd. These were the only ones that found themselves in the second or the third category. The Lord is at the door. We need to be ready for his appearing. Lord, I've done this so many times. We'll do it again. Why would we die in our sins? Why, why, why be separate from the Lord in our sins? What of the prodigal? I just felt that in my heart. You're, you're running. And listen, I could say anything and apply to somebody, but you know who you would be. If that was the Lord's spirit, quicken me. What of the prodigal? Come home. Where are you? Where's the one? Where are you? Come on. The prodigal left his father's house, went into a far country, living a life of shame. You're dying there and you're coming to yourself and coming home. What of the prodigal? Where are you? Come on. Where are you? Come on. If not today, sir, when? If I could get some of the men, our ushers, if you would begin to help disperse the communion here for us. Come on, come on, guys. Some of our ushers, elders. We'll start at the back, and then some of you start at the front, if you will. Guys, while they're passing this out, I, I just don't want to leave anybody, husbands and wives, take, you know, take each other by the hand. Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Are we good?
Charles, would you go ahead and play that song for us? Would you do that for me? Now for all of us in the faith, there are worshipers that are ready for his return. I want you to meditate on the words of this song as we prepare for communion. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Now we get to do what I preached about. We get to worship Him in spirit and in truth.
Somebody say amen this morning. Several weeks ago, I went to a doctor to look at my arm, massage therapist, and um, had tendonitis, and they went right here and said, oh, 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 let's, let's look at my shoulder. Let's look at my knee. Why is it the doctor goes right to the thing? Because that's what doctor does my responsibility to you is to do all that I can so that you'll present yourself faultless to the Lord you'll need me but we need his word and there are times like today that stir us I got one job to worship God with my life and that includes all kinds of things now this is how we get there because if he hadn't done this for us There's no hope. This communion can only be taken by those that are born again and those with nothing in their heart between them and the Lord. And it's okay if if you're not where you know you're supposed to be. Just leave it on the seat. Not a problem. But in the same night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. Lord, we remember you today. And you're the reason we live and move and have our being. All our hope is in you, Lord. I pray that we're accounted worthy to escape the great and terrible day of your wrath. Help us, O Lord, to have the courage and the character to be found in you, appreciating what you've done for us and serve you with gladness, O Lord. Let's take together. For those this morning that had to confess sins, you're in good company. Do you know everybody on your row is one? But we're washed. Such were some of us, but we're washed. And as far as the east is from the west, God has moved your transgressions from you. The same night Jesus was betrayed, he took wine and he poured it to his disciples. And he said, this is my blood shed for you as often as you do this. Think about me. And Lord, I'm grateful today for your blood and its power to make me acceptable, to forgive me of my sins, to pay for them. And I know they whipped you and you were naked that I could be clothed. I know that. And you were rejected that I could be accepted. I know that. And I'm grateful today, Lord. We're grateful today, Lord. Let's take together. Jason, would you come, please?
is risen. The tomb is empty, just as he said. Just as he said. Father God, we thank you that everything comes to pass in the fullness of time, just as you said. We thank you for this opportunity to come together and fellowship in your house today, Lord, to remember you, to remember what was accomplished, to remember where we were and what you have done to bring us into right relationship with you, how we are the redeemed. We love you, Father. We thank you, Lord. As we go forth from this place, Lord, I pray that this word continue to stir in us, that we meditate on worship, that we worship you in spirit and in truth with an authentic love that we represent you well in the marketplace in the workplace and as we go forth we love you and honor you God and we thank you again you are so mighty and awesome in Jesus name we pray amen have a blessed Lord's Day